Hey folks, you're listening to Dawn Censored Fitness Podcast, hosted by Gary Glamart and Sean Gallagher, where we cover all things to do with health and fitness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. How we now? Good now. How's the form with you? Well, I can't complain at all now. I'm just, I'm literally just after coming in here to the dungeon now, trying to decide what kind of torture I'm going to put myself through before bedtime. <laughs> Oh, that'll get you going anyway. What do you oh. think you'll do? I <laughs> that's where I'm literally just kind of having the having this conversation here with myself. I have the bands pulled out and the and the box pulled out, so I'm kind of undecided whether we go getting a bit of band work and core stuff in with some box jumps, or as I said, we'll see how this how this conversation goes. I could I could decide to just go to sleep after this. You never know. <laughs> could, be <that> boring, <laughs> could be that boring, you think? <laughs> oh, riveting would be the word I'd use. <laughs> Brilliant. I, how's your week at trip? Yeah, weekend's not been too bad. I've just been about, about with the wee lassie, you know, just enjoying enjoying this wonderful lockdown, you know. Can't go on anywhere, can't do anything. Really, really good for the head. <laughs> Yeah, oh sure. You're not too bad. You're out in the sticks anyway. That's exactly it. I said, luckily, luckily enough, we're not stuck up in the city. I said, I was talking to one of the lads of the day that's up in Dublin four, and he's just in his apartment and has his couple of weights. He says, "Oh no, I'm I'm doing grand." Sitting here thinking, better you than me. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's no, at least you, at least you're anyway, and you can you can wander a bit and. Oh, that's it! Like you just, you can just head out yeah. and just walk. Start walking, and whether you go somewhere, you don't. It makes no difference. You're just, you're still out and yeah. about. We're spoiled. We're spoiled in our own way. Thankfully, we're mad to get out of the country for years and years, and we're landing back in it now. <laughs> Can't complain. How's the nutrition going then all week, or what's it been yeah. like? Ah, look, it's not too bad, I suppose. You know yourself, like especially kind of with the with all these lockdowns and restrictions. This is um, we're working on and off and I'm trying to get bits and bobs done with clients during the day so I have a little two two and a half year old running about with me most of the day so you're you're putting together something for her and you're usually nibbling it sometimes so it's not it's not where it should be if I was kind of balanced and we were busy so because no, you're just you're having the good with the bad so you're just dialing you know yourself dialing things up and down it says the choices might not always be the best but you're just you make them work you know you don't have her under protein shakes and creatine yet, do you? Yeah, no, she, she's on a shall we second there from Bootroll at the minute, so she's flying it. <laughs> uh, she's uh, training hard, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's only benching there about two hundred at the minute. So look, she's, she's getting there. Look, don't, don't want to push her too hard, too quick, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I got there a kitchen scales there not too long ago, about. Uh, I think two weeks ago or a week and a half ago and it's fucking great they are so good but the thing is as a, the little the little competitive shit in you you're always thinking oh I'll weigh this out I'll weigh that out and you just think when well, you want to be able to eye out stuff but when it's there you're just thinking ah I'll, I'll sort this out I'll sort that out I says <laughs> knocking out a quick bowl of ready break in the morning doesn't be long turn into five minutes when you're Weighing out your chai seeds, your peanut butter, everything, and it can it can be kind of scary when you're thinking, "Oh, my uh, my tablespoon there of Nutella that was going into my ready bread. Oh, that's surely only about five grams, and 
you see the scales and <laughs> numbers don't lay. You know the crack at this stage. <laughs> uh, no, they can, uh, they can be fun. no, it's not. It's not like used religiously or anything. But yeah. things for getting the bowls of cereal right in the morning and them kind of small things like pasta, you know, stuff that can add up very quickly. Yeah. And you know, because in the back of a bowl of, of a box of cereal, it's what. It's 30 or 45 grams is usually what the nutritional information is. And then yeah, you're having a man thing. portion instead. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> it's having the, you're, just bulk, you're just bulking it out. But no, look, this is I, yeah. I always recommend to everyone, like, by get, getting yourselves a scale because it's, at the end of the day, it comes back to exactly why you do the bit of training or why you make the effort to better yourself because what, what gets managed, sorry, what gets measured gets managed because if we're sitting here thinking, right, I've had a bowl of Rice Krispies every single morning this week. All right, well, how much? Ah, just a bowl full, you know? So, like, you're only going to have a bowl full of results then. I know it sounds cringy, but it comes down to that simple thing of, well, did I hit my numbers? Did I go over? Was I under? So it's it's a simple thing. I suppose you work it in, I suppose. It can come into a hat because you see people then that it's just, the weighing scales becomes part of the cooking utensils then and like look that's a great way to work it into at the end of the day it doesn't doesn't work for everybody as we know it can become obsessive but once you can keep a healthy relationship with it you're flying it I find yeah like look it helps even for things like butter stuff that you wouldn't I suppose put a second thought to but like yeah. they add up fairly quickly and then another thing we got as well the same day uh, bought an actual then weighing scales because I hadn't used one in fuck I don't know how long this last time I used one properly so I said I get one mm. just to keep an eye it's I find it good because I'm one of those people who can go on it and not get too obsessive with it yeah. like you go on it and it, it does help to kind of keep you in track it just gives gives you a gauge of where you're going, like because even like the the funny thing about it, I find is even just like your your scoop of protein, all the different all the different brands, all the different companies come with the different size scoopers. Sometimes you can have a big heavy scooper, and then you could be measuring out your thirty grams. Some people, it's only a simple silly thing sometimes, but the the weight of the scooper doesn't be accounted for sometimes. So your thirty grams could be turning into. 33, 34, or you're actually only giving yourself 21, 22 because you're bulking up. As I said, and I see a lot of people don't don't even comprehend that because you're thinking, oh, well, 30 grams of protein. It's like, well, think about even the bowl that people are putting things in. That I had, I had a guy a couple of months back. And look, it's, it's funny when you think back to it, but it's like, man, like, I want my treat of my Cocoa Pops every day. Why is this bowl so small? And like he was one of these big badass Uncle Ben's bowls that comes. I was like, he must have been buying a hundred packets of rice. It's like a nice big uh, gold kind of a bowl. I'm like, man, that bowl is probably heavier than your head. You you got to be weighing up that stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, so maybe maybe we had drastic weight held up in our bowl. His his absolutely scarce, poverty stricken bowl of cocoa pops was drastically going up. Then once he changed that, so. And like his his results and everything drastically changed. Then once making simple little changes like that to really, I suppose, help you out. So it's just knowing what you're doing and having everything broken down. That's really to summarize that stuff up, you know. 
Yeah, I know. Like they're the kind of hidden things that can be changed so easily that once it's put into place, that that's where it's going to make the difference. Just on the topic of like uh, changes and that, I seen uh, you had a picture up there last week or during the week, uh, one of your clients with a serious uh, two-week uh, change-up now. Oh, stop. Like that, that man there is a prime example of literally just, there's no point. It's literally just, right, cut out the bullshit. Just sort, sort your stuff out. He was the definition of the man, I suppose, that was reading it. I suppose what I do to help people is, oh, I have no time. It's like, well, have you have you any time in the evening? Oh, well, I come in in the evening and I put the wheel ass to bed. And then I order my takeaway while I'm choosing what to watch on Netflix for three or four hours. So it's just basically just treating them like a child slightly, but he was delighted we done that. And like, right, this is your day. This is when you're at work. This is when you're at home. This is the time you're spending with the wheel ass. Like, look at all the rest of the stairs. And it was really only 12 hours a day when he was mad busy and he was only eight hours. So, he found four or five hours there where he can really make use of his time. So just I suppose having those extra eyes and ears was really was really what helped him. But like the drive and the motivation that, that man has, it's it's great to see it. Like if every single person that comes in after him has the same attitude and drive, it's it's it becomes extremely easy, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like once you actually find out where the stuff that you can be putting time towards is honorary like today I took it as a complete and utter rest day and I think I was pretty much glued to the sofa or walking to the fridge all day mm-hmm. and it was fucking great I don't do it too often but oh, it was great just chilling out watching movies or yeah, whatever you can you can know by even just talking to you now like you're a lot more relaxed like you need that kind of a reset and just kind of a recharge the batteries because, look, we all can keep going and we can all listen to David Goggins and all work harder, work faster, like do more, do more. But at the end of the day, like we have to treat it the same as anything, like a machine or a person. You just you keep smashing away all the time. Something's going to break. So it's just that little bit of TLC. I said, look, yes. You can go in an opposite way of thinking that, oh, you do one hard day, you take seven easy days afterwards. There's a fine line between it. But once you can find that balance of working hard along with having that bit of relaxation, then, you know, yourself, it's, it becomes it becomes simple. It becomes, it becomes a bit of crack. That's the funny thing. And even that man there will tell you now when you talk to him, he's having the crack. He's, he's listening to podcasts or he's um, playing tunes when he's doing his meal prepping. And he's making use of that time, whereas he might have just sat around. Oh, I was just, I didn't know what to do or what to watch on the TV. But now he's like getting ideas for workouts while he's while he's doing his meal prepping. So he's he's actually like the positivity is back there and the endorphins is flying. So he's just, he's a better person. And like I sat there and I just thought to myself, look, you're saying all the things that I could have told you before we started. But as you know, there's no point trying to tell somebody at the start, oh, you're going to be doing this, it's going to be great, you're going to be doing that, until the person can really get stuck in and feed first, and then they can really, I suppose, when the change and when the positivity comes in, then it's was like, it's great to hear them saying it back to you, that's what I always find, because it makes a massive difference. 
Yeah, like just right there, you're talking about getting them into that environment where where they start putting all together, but making that environment, you know, very approachable and sustainable. Like you're talking there about the fellow listening to podcasts or watching uh, something while he's doing it or listening to music, you know, your own in that situation. It's not a case of you're going in, you're like, oh shit, it's uh, 10 o'clock at night. You're there meal prepping. You're not really arsed. You're you're not making it at all enjoyable. It's very it's more of a chore than actually a benefit to keep you going. Yeah, and that's that's where everybody has to. And I find I always put it back on the person. Right, you need to make this work for you, and you need to incorporate it into the day. Because if we're just sitting now and I'm there messaging you, have you done your meal prep for tomorrow? Have you done this for the weekend? I've seen it in the past with people. If you're badgering on to somebody and wrecking someone's head or telling them, oh no, listen to this while you're meal prepping or you should play this music, it'll help you and just keep you buzzed up or motivated. It's the same as having to follow somebody around with cups of coffee or kicks in the arse all day. It's no good. Like you have to, we're all big enough and stupid enough and bright enough to, to make things work in our own way. It's just sometimes we just need that little bit of a pulse at the start. So luckily enough, they come to me to get that bit of a push. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I wanted to ask you, because I was thinking about it during the week, has there been anything that you've uh, changed your mind on since you've started, uh, I suppose, since you've qualified? Because like, you do have a fair bit of a training age uh, on you. Is there any like different things that uh, you once were very religious with or had an opinion on that you've kind of changed your mind with? Yeah, so... The one thing I probably learned more from it is I've really kind of taken back from when I started and when I qualified back in 2018, I was kind of 10, 12 years of just my own training and loving the training and loving, I suppose, breaking myself up and then going back in and rehabbing myself after an injury or seeing how I break this down and how I build it back up. And then I was able to see because I had a good drive and a good motivation and then to kind of turn that on its head and see somebody that's coming to me because they have to or they've been to their doctor and they've said, no, you need to get active or you need to do something. And I suppose building up a more kind of, how would you, (laughs) it sounds quite cringy, but having a good training age is fantastic but building up kind of a psychology and mentality kind of age of realizing, right, this person is here, they're training with you. They don't want to be here. And if they could be anywhere else or they could find another way to do this, they would. So finding how how we can make it enjoyable, how we can make it relatable. And I suppose bringing, I suppose, back to it's quite cringy, but people seem to take to it, like putting the personal in personal training rather than, right, come in, let's do this. This is the workout. We're going to do it. doesn't matter whether you're having a shit week or an amazing week. So really just read, reading the person and just kind of knowing the environment. And it was something I probably struggled with at the start because I always thought to myself, look, be this bubbly, upbeat book that's like 10 Duracell bunnies and everyone's going to draw to you. And you're just standing there and you, the other Duracell bunnies are having great crack, but there's only so many of them you're looking at all these other people that are mad looking for trainers. You're thinking, why aren't they coming near me? Or 
Like, why aren't they like they they need help? I want to help them. I'm here. So like, it's kind of, it was quite a funny thing, I suppose, to realize dial it back and have the chats rather than just be jump around and have the crack and look. Once you start doing it, you'll have a great crack and you'll be like me. So that was the big thing I found. And I really had to change. And it was it's something that kind of gives you a smack in the face to realize, you know, being this stereotypical personal trainer, upbeat, oh, always on about nutrition, fitness, that shit doesn't work, you know? You need to be just a genuine person and interact because 99% of the, the population are that minority that don't want to do it or do it because they have to or do it because they want to look good, you know? So that's where you really need to change it up and that's where I really needed to change it up, I found. No, it's good once you have that bit of uh, self-awareness to be able to adapt it. I suppose what I uh, was getting at was uh, the more so the training and nutrition side of things. Was trying to like a nutritional thing that you change your mind on. Like I suppose to give you an example of the kind of bro diet of uh, chicken, broccoli and rice and all the lack of micronutrients, them kind of generic diets is there anything you were kind of set on that you've changed your mind with yeah so <laughs> coming coming from the ga background it was the idea of to be honest the biggest change up i made was you can't be a performance athlete or you can't be keeping yourself in good shape without alcohol or without your takeaways or without your essentially what they were classed at the time shit foods whereas in fact i seen myself I often done a lovely leg session more than after dominoes, you know? So like knowing knowing what works and I suppose getting getting time under your belt and realizing, I suppose, and interacting with people that were kind of involved in the industry, but getting past the stigma and the idea of you gotta have your protein shake, you gotta have your chicken and rice, or you gotta have your protein carbs, your fats in every meal and you got to drink your water and oh, don't don't go near the fizzy drinks or don't go near the sugar, you know, and realizing that that's, that that's great in a robotic, everything's perfect world, but we don't live in that everything's perfect, you know, live and die by science and look, you want to get results, this is what you need to do, duh, 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 you know, but you're going to hate life, you're not going to want to do anything and you're going to be hungry all the time, look, you're, but you look amazing, you know you have to think about, oh yeah, well, yeah, if that's what I need to do, that's what I'll do. But the person that has two or three kids or the person that's struggling with life or they're just thinking, oh, I can't do this, you know, that's that's where the nutrition and I suppose it does, like I'm repeating myself here, but it's everything that I've really learned is coming back to personal connections with people and putting yourself in their shoes and knowing, right, he's here because he has to be here or he he knows himself that his nutrition is bad, but there's nothing he can do about it. He loves his breakfast roll or he loves he loves his takeaway because it gets him through the weekend or it keeps him going with his, with his intense job or this kind of a thing. So that's what I felt. It was learning learning people is the biggest thing I, I suppose I really I really picked up from it in down the years, whether it was in a good way or a bad way. <laughs> And then from a training point of view, was there like any major thing that you've revamped? I suppose like even from my own point of view, I used when I first started uh, working out and training, I was completely anti-CrossFit and thought it was the biggest load of horse shit because I suppose going back 
uh, five or six years, whatever it is now, probably seven or eight. Uh, that was kind of a big thing, ribbing into CrossFit and that style of uh, high-intensity training, just purely from all the compilations of uh, people getting injured or failing on uh, or just risky, risky, dodgy form on uh, the Olympic lifts. Yeah, look, the biggest thing I really noticed about it and was just kind of taking a step back and breaking down the stigma. And I suppose I I kind of kind of dialed into it more so and kind of being a bit more curious with my ways of training and watching how other people trained to kind of make sure that I wouldn't be pigeonholed to think, oh yeah, that's Sean, that's Sean EG Fitness there, that's the, that's the guy head or the rugby head. I guess if you want to get fit for sport, you go to him. That was the big kind of red flag I didn't want. I didn't want to be getting pigeonholed. So that's what really pushed me towards, right, like get in and I suppose get a relationship built with the bodybuilder boys or the, the big Eastern European strength training lads and the boys that are literally just like, I suppose these kind of real busy, like the guys that are coming in in the suits, they're doing like they're watching the clock all the time. They're in for their 40 minutes or their 50 minutes. They're like meticulous with their time, like really kind of broaden my horizons and watching everyone. I was when I was sounding like a creep, watching everyone in the gym and just kind of really dialing in on that guy's landing in his big in his in his suit and tie. He's knocking out his forty minutes on the dot and he's in and he's out. And he's keeping himself in good nick. Whereas you've got your Eastern European boys are coming in, they're having the crack, they're chatting after the night shift or just kind of having a bit of crack in general that could spend three or four hours. So knowing the different kind of the different people, the different training styles and everything. So you when somebody does reach out and talk to you that you're not gonna be, ah, geez, I don't know much about that. I must research it and get back to you. Rather than can literally start the conversation and say, Yeah, look, yeah, I've done a bit of that training myself. Have interacted with people, have trained clients in the past along those lines. So that's what I felt was going to be most beneficial to me. And, and it really has been personally and I suppose kind of on a work base because it was as enjoyable to kind of open your eyes to things and really see when you're kind of really meticulous and dial in on your times, how much you can get in in a short space of time or when you bring in, I suppose, as you know yourself coming from a sport background or anything like that, the hit workouts would have got a bad bashing of, oh, that's, <laughs> that's what the girls do to keep skinny or that's what you do to just get a sweat on you just jump about like an Egypt but I suppose when programmed correctly a hit workout essentially can be drafted the same as a CrossFit workout just without weights or with kind of lower levels of weights sometimes so I says it's each it's each to their own but it's it's a great kind of way of having an idea and knowing knowing a little bit of everything so I didn't want to say I was a jack of all and master of none, but you wanted to have a good kind of idea of everything, you know, if that's if that makes sense. No, a hundred percent. Just there, when you're talking about, uh, I suppose having conversations with clients, and that just on the other, the flip side of that, then would you have much interactions then with different uh, PTs and coaches in terms of like knowledge sharing or? Is there much in that realm of uh, different PTs and coaches kind of coming together? Not so much uh, like a mastermind, but just in general, 
just having that kind of network or communication open. Yeah, so like it's, as I say, look, you know yourself no more than anybody. It comes down to the person. Some people could turn around and say, oh, it's it's a doggy dog industry and people don't talk, people don't interact, don't have the chats. As uh, I'll talk to anybody if somebody could class them as my biggest competitor or my best friend, you know, because I say, look, treat everybody the way you want to be treated yourself. That's the way I've always gone. And I've always kind of said that to people. And it's, it's worked fairly well in my eyes because if the guy that's competing with me in the gym for clients, if I'm going in with, uh, fuck him and ignore him and kind of turn, turn the back to him and ignore him. As I say, you never know where he's going to be in five, ten years' time. No, you never know where I'm going to be. That's the way I always find it. So you got to treat everyone the way you want to be treated. So it comes down to the person kind of personally of if they have that chip or that kind of insecurity of, oh, no, no, I cannot be giving away my secrets or I cannot be telling people what I'm doing. Like I need to just to head down tunnel of vision, do my thing and go and not interact with people. So. Look, there's plenty of people like that. I says I, I wouldn't pass any heat of anybody like that, but I'd always find it. I'd always chat and interact with people. And look, if they don't want to interact with me, that's okay. And vice versa, you know. So it's always make the effort and have the chat because at the end of the day, I always find it. And even with clients, like it's a small world when you get talking because you start talking to somebody like even even at the moment, like working with um, different people, like and. One one of them, she's a marketer, and another one of them, she's a web developer. And just even having the conversations and seeing what the crack is, they uh, it just opens everything up. And you're thinking, the even the little kind of snippets you learn from just having the conversations and showing a little bit of interest in their life and asking them about you know kind of like video editing and just oh good way or good ideas for videoing and how to kind of go about doing that editing and looking after websites like. At the end of the day, I always find that every day is a school day. So go in with a positive attitude and talk to people rather than Jesus, no, I can't be talking to them. They're only gonna they're gonna take what I'm saying and use it as their own or they're gonna turn things around. Like as I say, there's no point in doing that, I find. So always I suppose <laughs> probably acting <laughs> learn like a real positive Paul here, but look sure. It it works well in its own light, I find. So if uh, if someone isn't put off and they actually are there for the chat, like what kind of information would you share? Because obviously, to an extent, you are competitors to be the same as uh, Maxall and Inver teaming up together. Like I know that's a terrible example, <laughs> but you know, like what what would you be? Would it be a case of you've a client that uh, is looking for? A particular thing and it's not your field of expertise but you know that this personal trainer here specializes in that you just say that this person can do it or you have this client what's your suggestion what would what's the kind of information that you'd be sharing or yeah. what would be so look it's it's a simple one i always bring it back to and some people might laugh at it but it's you look after those that look after you. So I always think of somebody that's kind of happy to reach out to you and is that openly saying it. Because I've, I've done it myself with manager, trainer and kind of coach in the past of, look, I really don't feel like I can do this person a proper service. But for my own doing, I want to try. 
and then just kind of reaching out, getting a bit of feedback and then really kind of seeing from somebody who has a bit of expertise. So like in terms of working for girls that really want to get that extra 1% and really want to drop down that body fat and you're getting into that realm then where they're kind of, they're starting to mess with their cycles and uh, periods and things like that. That's when kind of things start to get quite, quite heavy and quite, you know, yourself, it can be, things can be quite intense. So I would always reach out to somebody that's, that's lived it or has done this kind of stage stuff. And any of the girls that I have reached out to with that, I've always, it's kind of been a vice versa where we had a kind of a relationship or a bit of a chit chat built up where they would reach out about kind of uh, sports clients or kind of somebody coming from a, a, a field based background and wants to, I suppose, maybe look that little bit better on a Saturday night, but still be functioning well on Sunday morning for the game, you know, so that part of it. So I just think it comes down to relationships and I suppose how you really are personally, because if I'm if I'm Billy Big Balls, Shawnee G Fitness walking into the gym is like, oh, he's a ball of clients there, but he's a dickhead or like he, he doesn't talk to you or he'll not tell you anything. He wouldn't give you the froth of his piss in terms of information or the chat, you know? If I'm that guy and I'm walking into the gym, if I'm bringing in a client that I'm struggling with, who in the right mind is going to help me? Not a single person in that gym is going to help me because if I'm there with this big-headed attitude and like, I'm amazing, like, why would I even need to talk to you? Like, you're no benefit to me. You're... You're, you're as well hanging hanging the boots up and forgetting about it as far as I'm concerned in that sense because if you can't have a bit of manners and treat people the way you want to be treated I don't care what job you're doing if you're a CEO of the biggest company and you have to be a shark you're for, you're, you're done before you even start because you never know when it, there will come a day when you're in a position and you need somebody's help even if it's just God someone to fucking sweep the floor for you that's the difference. And if you can't, if you don't have that and you don't have a relationship or a connection with people, you're screwed and you're wasting your time, you know? No, 100%. Like it comes back to you uh, all the time. So uh, you're, you're there, you're talking about sports there. Uh, we, we won't dwell too much longer, but uh, it just pops into my mind there. Uh, what's the difference or is there much of a difference uh, between um, the strength and con coaching of, uh, fo- of a football team and then a rugby team? It just popped into my head there. You're kind of mm. talking about sports teams there. Yeah. That's so, something I always wanted to ask. Yeah, like it's, as I say, in some ways you could look at it, I suppose, from from, I suppose, step one or the very, very minimal and the very, very beginner, you would be putting a, you would be putting a, a Gaelic footballer and a rugby player essentially into the kind of the same realm. Like it's it's a high, it's a high octane, high kind of high fitness levels kind of sport. You would have them doing a lot of single leg work, a lot of kind of shoulder work, a lot of movement work because yes, Gaelic football isn't as intense in terms of the physicality, but they need to be as strong moving wise in terms of like a rugby player look yes some people may probably completely disagree with me yes there's more plyometric and more power aspects needed for a rugby player but when you think about it if you can have a rugby player and a Gaelic player on the same kind of movement patterns that's that's going to be a pretty well rounded athlete because if you can essentially even just bringing your explosive push-ups into it like I put 
rugby players and Gaelic footballers doing their strokes and push-ups and their plyo, the plyo movements with the push-ups. And people look away. I can understand for rugby, yeah, for handoffs. And then it's like it's a simple thing that can be missed. So having a bit of a knowledge of the game helps because you think about it. If you have the ability to push a guy off Gaelic football, the, the main aspect of the game is creating space. So when the guy comes to kind of close in on you, if you have the ability to push him away with either hand, you have an upper hand straight away. So I really think, look, there's obviously, look, everybody brings it back to you have to have your basics, your squat, your deadlift, your bench press. Yes, that's all part and parcel of it. But you have to have the thing brought in as game focused because I can bring you in like a nippy, hardy little number seven playing rugby. And I can put you on the same plan as my winger or as my prop. But at the end of the day, my winger or my prop is never going to be in the same positions as you. So, like, you need to be quite strong, kind of at kind of 60 degrees, 75 degrees, kind of close to a 90 degree plank and kind of bent over row position because you're always going to be slightly in that kind of jackal, kind of working across position. Whereas your, your winger, Look, he needs to have a little bit of upper body strength and power for, for tackling or maybe that last man if he has to kind of move in. Right? Needs to look good. It's that look. They're the boys that get all the discount codes and the, <laughs> and all the affiliation. But he needs to have straight line speed. Some people bring it back to like your number seven. He needs some straight line speed. But in a different way, like you need explosion. He needs, he needs straight line speed over 100, 150 metres, you know? So that's, there's look, that's the thing I love about it, and I love working with athletes because you bring it in and you strip it all down. And like I'd always say, like I would never say, What sport do you play? I would always be where? Where do you play? Like, are you a cornerback? Are you a midfielder? Because we can all kind of we can fire out a load of robots that can play in any position, but there's nothing better than having somebody, no, no, I'm I'm a corner forward, I'm we nippy corner forward. Or no, I'm I'm literally just a donkey there in midfield. I'm there to catch balls and get in the way. It's like <laughs> describing describing myself. <laughs> but you can't you can't beat it because it comes back to like the personal training. So I would amalgamate the two a lot, the idea of the personal training along with strength and conditioning, rather than you can have see you can see a lot of strength and conditioning coaches and I've seen people in the past where the word look you have 30 lads get these 30 lads as strong and as fit collectively as you possibly can rather than bring in that little individual basis because you can have 30 boys busting out of their shirts big lumps of men some of them will barely be moving and some of them need to be kind of on their toes flying it so like you need to have 30 individual men rather than 30 robots that's the way I always bring it back so that's where the S&C stuff comes into a lot for me. And it's really kind of breaking it down. It's, are you working with this team of 30 lads or are you working with John, cornerback? Are you working with Michael, midfield? Are you working with Bobby? Here, there, you know? Like, really kind of emphasising on the person and the player because at the end of the day, <laughs> when you're putting those boys out in the pitch and you're turning around to the head coach or whatever and saying, are they ready? Oh, yeah, they were 100%. But... In terms of, I suppose, the blueprint and it's other fit enough, they've all passed their collective bleak test or they've all passed X, Y, and Z, but they're coming up against 15 individual boys that have their own skills and abilities 
individually built, you're you're possibly the worst team imaginable, you know. No, that's uh that makes perfect sense. Uh I suppose just from the talk of it, uh I'd say the next one or uh one of the future episodes is definitely gonna be a sports one again. It's uh I suppose it's because the Six Nations is back on next week, so that's kind of where my train of thought is. Exactly. I, I find <laughs> when, uh, when when you're binging that, you kind of notice a few things, and there's a lot of carryover between, uh, I suppose, watching high-end athletes uh, competing against each other, and then you kind of pick up on a few things. And, it, you know, I'm sure we're going to be talking about injuries at some stage over the six weeks anyway, or five weeks. So, uh, who do you have on to win anyway? Yeah, that's that's a re- oh that that's a podcast in itself. That question because I really feel like yourselves, Ireland, aren't where we need to be at this moment in time. But England aren't the finished article at the moment either. So I don't know. I'm looking at France for kind of a scary little upset coming in there. So like, as long as they just don't do a, a particular France and be like ah. Uh, Look, let's just not bother today. And it's going to be against England. They just decide not to bother, but they blitz the rest of us. So I just, I'm kind of really coming into it with a, a real kind of bite in my teeth to just really kind of see where they're at and kind of see how that kind of France team has progressed. I suppose in the last kind of six, eight, nine months, like have they pushed on or have they just gone full France and decided hit the fuck it button and just <laughs> see the likes of Bastero where boys like that coming back in to study the ship, you know? <laughs> no, like, uh, I, I've seen in the last uh, few months there, they've gotten a lot better, but there's still that sense of disregarding them. Like, they've gotten very good recently. Like, they're getting back on track. In one way, it's really scaring me that they're coming in with that underdog and nobody's really looking at them. They're talking about us, they're talking about England and they're talking about how Wales have really pushed in and how they're pushing on. And there's a lot of big heavy hitters coming back into that Welsh team. Like, they could sneak in there and cause a couple of upsets. But, like, there's no no question about it. Like, they have possibly the best kind of club league imaginable like the money is there in the top 14 and it's drawing all the big names so they're playing with some of the top dogs from around the world so like naturally enough they should have it I wouldn't agree with the the playing the playing time they do like they're they're nearly like the soccer players they're playing week in week out and a lot of time so you'd wonder how the ability can go so keeping keeping their strength and power over the six weeks can be a big problem I find because they still have quite a congestion like when 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 our lads have the break they have a break they're not coming back to their clubs like see your Teddy Thomas or any of these French boys they're back in with Racing and they're back in with Toulon and Toulouse which is a form of madness in a way but as I say they're they're on a higher scale where there's more money involved and people need them and they want them back so that's where you're kind of panicking and thinking could they could they shit the bed then when they come back fatigued after the break? So I think it's going to be an amazing Six Nations as long as Mother Nature and all this shit that's going on in the world at this moment in time doesn't mess with it. It's going to be an amazing Six Nations, I think. 
Who are you keeping an eye out on then from the Irish camp? Oh, look, there's no getting away from Hugo Keenan is really just, he's impressing me so much the way he's come in there and just stepped up his game. But I suppose coming from the fitness and SNC side of things, I just really want to see how Jordan Larmer steps back in there. Like I watched him, I watched him in the Monster game the, the last week. And like he just he looks electrifying and like his movement is so strong. Look, you want to you want to kind of see if Conor Murray can really kind of lift his socks and bring it back to his best. He was looking good there now in the Leinster game. So I'm 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 really kind of looking into it as just a real kind of a fan and just kind of really seeing where they're at is really what I want to see and how they're just gonna kind of gel it back in with. With the with the pro fourteen being so competitive, and with them kind of clashing heads so much, all because like, all four provinces have had some serious battles this last while, and to see how they're all going to gel coming back in because that's something I feel we really haven't had in the last while. Like we haven't had that rivalry in the four provinces, whereas you would have had with England or with the French that would have caused kind of uproar in camp in years past. So. I'm kind of really curious to see how that kind of goes for ourselves. No, that's awesome. Uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, just what I suppose we'll ask you for the sake of asking, have you decided on what you're going to train? Yeah, so I'm sitting here and I'm leaning up against the box since we started talking. So the, the sandbag and the, the bands are here. So I'm going to throw a little, a little kind of... Uh, taster of what I'm doing up on Instagram now so anybody listening get a get a go there and see I suppose pick your pick your poison and see see what's happening but I just a little bit of kind of functional stuff to I suppose loosen us out before we get to bed that's the that's the what the plan's gonna be well throw it up on your highlights yeah, anyway uh, leave Stay it down, man. have a good one yeah, good luck Hey folks, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Uncensored Fitness Podcast. I hope you enjoyed and we'll chat soon.